All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of. Yeah, what is this an episode of? Oh, two half squats. Mine looks backwards. Is yours backward? No, yours but your, looks- on, your hair's on backwards, too. <laughs> it's all hairy down here, and there's a lot less of. <laughs> Ta-da! I, I knew that with this was a new episode, but I was having an episode at the time. <laughs> Just having one of my episodes. Anyway, this is the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast dedicated pretty much, as you know, if you've listened before, pretty much to the greatest game of the world. What game is that, Dave? Why, that's Advanced Squad Leader. And this show is brought to you by Bounding Fire Productions, makers of Into the Rubble, Corregidor the Rock, and Operation Neptune. And more. Many more. And I, I'm taking away the bell because it's too high tech. I'm going. I'm trying to go more low tech, so I'll just clap softly for yeah, Bounding Fire Productions. They are the best. Go to BoundingFireProductions.com. Look at all their stuff. You're, you're going to probably spend an hour there just looking at the stuff and drooling. But then go ahead and pull the trigger, as they say. Buy something. Mm-hmm. Tell them the two half squads sent you. And uh, and then go have something nice to drink. You'll, mm-hmm. feel good. You'll feel good. Indeed. Thanks. Thanks to them for supporting the show. So what's been up to, Jeff? Well, um, not too much. Uh, you know, it's been very gray here in Chicago. Very. The, the weather's weird. I don't. I don't want to get into a whole thing about climate change and, you know, the end of the world. This show is not about that. But that's just, this is also just kind of the normal gray. Well, it's kind of a March. Weird now, uh, it's May, Dave. It's oh, yeah. Last year was the driest spring in mm-hmm. Chicago since 1937. This year is one of the wettest springs we've had since, I don't know when, I can't remember the date, but, you know, can't make up its mind. I'd rather have the wet, the uh, the water, though. Fresh water is good. I got grass seed down in the fall and again three weeks ago. Oh, good. And it's been coming up nice, so. Yeah. So we've been you know, staying in at night. We'd, we'd like to get out a little bit in the evenings and take a walk and stuff, but it's too crummy. So we've been staying in and we've been watching some British uh, police shows, uh, current day British police shows. And what really has been fascinating to me, we, we watched one called, I can't remember what it's called. It's with Martin Clunes. But anyway, the police go out, they chase the guys down, they, they chase them, they chase them, they get them in a corner. And I keep thinking, pull your gun, pull your gun. They don't have guns in British police shows. It's it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's so different from American police shows. Yeah, there's some truth to that. All the British people, they all work together. You know, there's a little friction from a higher up. A higher up will say, you you got to get this done. And the lower, lower guy will say, okay, I'll get it done. And then he goes and gets it done. But they all work together as a team, you know, like real life. Uh, but on American shows, it's always a higher up is like, you better get this done or I'm going to, you're out of here. And then there's the, 
the the underling who is a, a rebel and does things his own way and has his own justice and so much crap. And did I say crap? It's been interesting noticing between the two. I, I'd even call them different genres. Uh, the Badier, our friends, the Badiers have been recommending we watch some of those British crime dramas. Yeah, very. Actually. You would be amazed. I, I'm sure you, as someone who watches this kind of stuff closely, you would be amazed how different they feel because of those two things. No guns and working together. Huge. My brother recommended, he told me he was watching The Old Dark Shadows. So oh. I, start, I started that up. That's hilarious. Kind of into it. They they move very slowly though. It is a soap opera. Um, you know, something happens and the girl walks around the room for quite a long time, looking like, oh my gosh, what what did Barnabas just say? And she's walking around and her, I'm like, come on, fast forward this a little <laughs> bit. Then <clears throat> they recount a lot of the story. I don't know if that's because it's a soap, and then you come in. Someone comes in a month late and they kind of like, well, a new character, they're talking, well, when Barnabas came, blah, 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 blah. And they kind of recount the whole story thing. Yeah. I'm kind of like, yeah, but I, I kind of getting into it. You know, I, it, it, I'm i glad. So how far along are you? Only like 15 episodes. But my brother told me he started at the beginning and it's called like, You'll see it in two places on Amazon Prime or something. One is like Dark Shadows, the early years, and then the other was like just Dark Shadows or something. Hit the second one, starts at episode 200. And that's Barnabas. Willie Lo- Willie is in there and all those famous characters from the movie House of Dark Shadows. Now, how many episodes did they do of that show? Hundreds and hundreds. And apparently, oh. I read it on Wikipedia, like it's going to have of course, the werewolf, Quentin, I think was his name, David Selby and Ghosts, and was talking about how it became popular. Kids get home from school at 3.30 and would watch it with their moms. And John remembers doing that. I remember just vague episodes. And then I was kind of young yet. At the early day, And then the movie I love. We saw the movie in the theater. Yeah, I remember it. My sister watched it, older sister. And I, I don't remember when. My mom was never into soap operas at, at all. She never watched any of them. So we were into it a little bit, but I didn't follow it. How many years did it go? Seven, I think. Wow. I never I never realized that. Or and maybe it, just five. They wrap it up? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I understand why those were slow, because in those days, and I think soap operas were kind of made for women who were home working around the house and stuff. You can't have too much action and stuff going on because if you walk out of the room to take you out miss. the dog or or move the laundry, you miss stuff. So probably purposely very slow. Yeah, and I find that's true. I'm doing the last kingdom about the Wessex and King Alfred and the Viking, the Danes and all this. And uh, it moves at times slow where I fast forward stuff because they're filling an hour. But when they're talking about dialogue, the plot and stuff, I, I look away at my phone and then I realize, OK, I, that was important. What they just said <laughs> to rewind it. Yeah. 
you know, because it, it'll go pretty quick with the content of the story and stuff like that. And the action scenes, of course, are all big, you know. Yeah. But, it's kind of like this show where you can fast forward through like the first 10 minutes as Jeff and Dave banter about stuff <clears throat> that's not related to ASL. Anything new in my house, Jeff? That very, very fine print there. Is that, that print? Is it a lithograph? It's the original. Name. Out. Oh, this is the one that uh, Rex Smart. Uh-huh. It is now in the possession of the two half squads. Oh, my in gosh. In honor of all the ASL players in the world, it is now ours collectively. Wow. That and is it's, fantastic. It's a wa- I think it's a watercolor. Yeah, it's done on a watercolor board. There's no, put it under the faucet and see. Yeah, there's no there's no bumpy um, paint like on my yeah Boromir. You can actually see lumps of paint and stuff. It's all just very smooth watercolor, and so you can see where Rex. So yep, we did the deal. That's amazing. Now, are we going to frame that? When I say we, I mean you. I don't know. I think it should be framed. I think it should be. I like, you know, enshrined. I like where the paint goes over the edge. I could still fr- frame it showing the edge, I suppose. I was always amazed. I used to really like to look at Salvador Dali, and I like to look at art books and stuff. But in art books, all the art is the same size because they size it to fit the page. Then you go to the art museum, and I remember this about Dali. I went to the Art Institute of Chicago, uh-huh. and you find the one with the burning giraffes, you know? And you look and you go, uh, excuse me, sir, where is the the dolly with the burning tree? It's right over there. Go down the hallway and it's like eight. It's like a postcard. It's size. teeny. Yeah. Right. Right. Some of his stuff were teeny. I was expecting it to be like this big, huge thing. No. But he has done huge wall sized paintings yeah. also. Yeah. I like those better. Yeah. He's all over the place with that. So. Incidentally, the show I was watching on uh, with Martin Clunes was called Manhunt. I highly, highly recommend uh-huh. it. It's on Acorn and uh, Acorn Streaming Service, which is British television. You can get it through Amazon. Oh, like Amazon Prime? Yeah. And it's only two seasons. It, it's um, That's all they're going to do because it's based upon the real life experiences of a British cop. And so it covers two cases, but it's absolutely brilliant. As they say, across the big pond. Excellent. I'm sure Laura would like it, too. Yeah, I think she would. I'm sure she would. So, so. uh, Well, that that picture is amazing. That was really nice of Rex to part with that. Indeed. Get it. Get it out to the people. Yeah. Well, yeah, the people, you, that is. No, it's it's for everyone. So, hey, if you're in the Chicago area and you want to look at that, you can just drive over to Dave's house and he'll, yep. he'll display it. Absolutely. Guess what time it is, Dave? What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? That's what time it is. You could tell I've been practicing. You have been practicing. 
And what have you been playing lately, Jeff? Uh, I think I should ask you that question. Okay. I'll try not to make you violently ill by moving my camera. For you people listening at home and not on YouTube, I'll try to name X's or something here. But this is Hey, Ain't That a Rock? And it's on the big boards. And the, can you hear my voice and everything? Yeah. Yep. The North Koreans are the brown, and they came on over there. The story is the Americans entered back here along this road and had a forward group that are now up there in the woods in a melee. So that forward group is getting surrounded. I'm trying to come in also from the back over here, entering from the side and shooting over there. I thought I could exit this board 37. And then, of course, we read the victory conditions and you can't get points that way. I have to exit 50. So I'm shifting the rest of my reinforcements Instead of moving straight, they're going to have to shift over and exit over here. And the Americans are over here, too, with trucks. They were along the road, so they were moving on. There were some North Koreans up on the hill up there, third-level hill. Now I've pushed down into these woods, and I'm trying to get points. So there's... I love it. There's a lot of action in different areas of the board. Yeah, I saw that. It <clears throat> looks great. A lot of different options. Sorry, but, which scenario was this and from where? Hey, hey, ain't that a rock? Okay. R-O-K, Republic of Korea, from the Korean War module. And it's neat in that, again, there's you're both just trying to score points exiting and casualty points. Oh, okay. So... You know, I'm trying to surround those forward groups so I get all those points, not take a lot of casualties, of course. And he's, the Americans got options to exit. You know, how quickly do they pull back to safely exit more points than the uh, North Koreans? The North Koreans, I think it looks like they started with, uh, we wrote it down, 98 points, and the Americans have 71 points. So if the Americans just pull out, the North Koreans will win by exiting more points. So they got to do some kind of fallback defense yeah. and not get surrounded. And I really surprised Dave. I moved down along the river on the right side of the board from this viewpoint. This is from Dave's viewpoint, which is empty. You know, it's a dry gully. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I jumped some groups in there and ran down that gully right around the mountain as he was trying to hold the mountain force in place. And then when he saw me getting behind, and then the last minute he realized a mortar in the back up on a hill could see down into there, and I had a stack of three <laughs> with a leader. And luckily, when he saw it, he didn't see it in the movement, and I didn't either. Um, then when he saw it in the prep, he missed, and no rate. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of here now. Yeah. So then th those forces could come up out of the river and try to come around and cut them off 
Uh, half of them are going up to cut off the group on the big hill, and half are still moving forward to try and plow into the next set of Americans. So really, we got like three different little battles going on, all kind of fun. Very cool. Uh, did the Koreans have some uh, vehicles also? You said the Americans had some trucks they could use. Yeah, trucks and jeeps. I tried to blast those as quickly as I could, and Dave wanted to just get them out so I couldn't get the points for them. Mm. So most of them already have started to exit the board, and he's not using them to transport people on. Because you know how easy it is to lose. If you shoot a truck, you only have to roll like a, it depends on your firepower, but like a seven. Yeah. yeah. And then there's crew survival is, you know, none in some yeah. cases. Yeah. So, yeah, you can lose a lot of points. So he's staying on the ground now, running backwards. It's tempting, though. I'm it's tempting. I'm tempted to utilize those trucks in that way, but it's yeah. risky, you know. Yeah, I think a really good player with trucks could figure out a way to probably load up safely at some point, maybe like behind a hill ridge or behind a woods, and then start to exit mm. at the end end game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's what I've been playing lately. You know, yeah, you finished fantastic. up you finished up Space Empires, and you didn't have anything else going on. Yeah, I've got nothing going on uh, right now. We're just getting ready for our next game and. I'm hoping you and I can get together in the very near future and put some on. You've got room on your table for another game to go side by side? Yep, right over on the left side. And um, the 12th, we're going to get together for that miniatures fantasy game. Yeah, that's right. We'll put that on top of the table. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Making good use of it. Yeah, that's great. And is it time for rules? I think it is. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents to shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Rules. Rules. Today is 12.1 concealment. I'm gonna start, Jeff, if you'll so allow me. Uh, please proceed. To read then the 12.1 definition. Concealment right. yes. re- refers to a condition in which, now, the rest of this may be a really good example of how there's too much verbiage from the beloved authors of our beloved game. And you know how rarely I am critical, Jeff. Yes. But listen to this. Concealment refers to a condition in which units are not seen by other units in play, even though the omniscient player can see the physical presence of counters in a hex. To stimulate an opposing unit's inability to see these units, a concealment counter is placed above such units so as to hide their true nature and provide them with several pertinent advantages. Now, I don't think we need the word pertinent. We don't need the word omniscient play. I understand what they're doing, but again... You know, it's a rule yeah. book. And isn't there a shorter way to just say what concealment does? I I don't know. You know, uh, when you read it like that, it makes me kind of warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> because reading the rule book is sometimes just a very comforting thing to do. Because the, you can feel the precision that they were it, trying to achieve, which they did. 99% of the time. Yes, it can get overwhelming, but it's also uh, very admirable, especially as somebody for, like me who's a programmer and, you know, I build databases and stuff like that. So I admire precise 
alignment of words and thoughts. Proceed. Absolutely. So the question for you first up is, may a unit be concealed more than once at any one time? Uh, wow. That is a wild first question. I don't think that's ever come up. Why would that even? No. Why would you? No. Say no. No. I mean, yeah, what if, did you make that question up or is that no. in the rules? No, it's in the rules. I think sometimes people would have a concealed a squad and a question mark counter. And then during the concealment phase, maybe they would think they could put another one on and another one and build up dummies on top of a oh, squad. Okay. But so no. It might mislead the other player as to how many counters there were there. Correct. Correct. Oh, well, okay. Now, although one or more dummy counters can be placed atop units, this is when you have all concealment counters, the question marks. Um, although one or more dummy counters can be placed atop units, generally speaking, okay, then my comment here is that this must be referring to different times in the game. Yes. One or more dummy counters, so they just said you can only put one on at any one time. So then I think there's clarifying that if you lose concealment later on, you can get it again by saying one or more dummy counters can be placed atop units. Now, generally speaking, concealment loss can occur due to an action performed while in the line of sight of a good order enemy ground unit, whereas concealment gain can be denied while in the line of sight of an unbroken enemy ground unit. So does the previous sentence... So you said um, good, or, good order at first and then just uh, unbroken? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Note the distinction. Good order for concealment loss, but unbroken for denial of concealment gaining. And then again, I'm thinking, why? <laughs> why not just have it be the same? Yeah. If it's the same, I can remember it better. And I'm trying to logic it out. Um, good order means you're not in a melee. And it's saying you have to be in good order to have someone lose the concealment. So I was thinking, well, they're not in a melee. They're looking around better. But then it's like unbroken for denial of gaining concealment. Uh, when they see people. So when you see an enemy unit coming, you have to be in good order to cause them to lose their concealment. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, but if, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised how complicated this is already. Already. Yeah. Again, I was just thinking, why not just have a good order for gain and loss so then you never have to deal with it? It'll never but, work, Dave. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. You're going to ruin no. the game. A vehicle that has neither an inherent crew nor passengers nor riders is considered broken for concealment gain loss purposes. Okay. I'm just teaching you this. Because can a vehicle counter be abandoned by the by the driver, by the uh, crew, but still have riders in it? Yes. Yeah. Can. Oh, okay. But what should you say neither? A vehicle that has neither this, this, or this. I don't know. Phrase it in the positive. Anyway, I'm going to go on. 
to some questions now from the 12.11 known dummy enemy unit. Is a unit, Jeff, is a unit or stack of units beneath a concealment counter, is that a known enemy unit? No. No, that is unknown. So that applies to a lot of situations like can you when you route it has to be toward it can't be toward a known enemy unit, which means you could route toward concealed counters and concealed. Yeah. Yes. Can this this concealed stack be inspected by the opposing player? No way. Not unless you want to get your fingers broken. Yep. Or when they leave the room to go to the bathroom, like like yeah. I do when you're gone to the yeah. bathroom. If a hex contains both concealed and unconcealed units, which one should be put on the top? Uh, the, well, I guess the unconcealed units should be put on the top. Yeah. Yes, because if they're on the bottom, they'd become be concealed, kind of. Some if people play with the larger boards, and you can put them side by side. Mm-hmm. Or your hyster- hysterical, historical boards are often larger. Yes. And your deluxe boards are the largest of all. Yes. Now, if a scenario allocates a number of concealment counters, question marks, available for setup at the start of the scenario, they're in the OB, you know, can those be placed atop each other to act as a dummy stack? Yes. Yes. Now, do you think that your other half squad on this show is a dummy? Uh, No. Very good answer. I think he's a very good leader. Would that be most of the time or some of the time or none of the time? All of the time. May a stack of dummies containing no real unit be moved as if it contains a real unit? Yes. Yes. Even to the extent of being able to move with a leader or double time movement factor bonuses? Uh, This one, I always forget, but I think they can move even. As if they were, as if they had a leader. It's true. And I never, shouldn't we be doing that all the time? Because you'd be gaining movement. Yeah, yeah. Just pretend it's got a leader. Right. I'm going to have to start doing that. But it does say yes, but it is removed. I suppose that the smart opponent, if he could see, if he knew where your leaders were. If he had seen your leaders already and knew where they were, and then you started moving this dummy stack, eight hexes, say. Well, six hexes. Six Six or eight with double time. Yeah, double time. He would know it's a dummy stack then. Yes. Because he knows you don't have any more leaders. So that, that stack must be dummy. Follow me? Yes. Okay. But... Then would that be cheating if you're trying to do that and move further? Well, I don't know. Let's think. Let me think here. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Cheaters never prosper. <laughs> Stole your mother's pocketbook. I can't remember. I, I can't. I don't know. Well, it does say it's uh, removed if if it moves without assault movement. Or into open ground in the line of sight of a good order enemy. Yes, that's when you remove concealment counter. Have you, speaking of dummies, have you ever listened to the crash test dummies? Uh, Long ago, I did. I like them a lot. 
I I know they are a, not a favorite of yours, but you admire them. They're up there. Yeah. A five eighth inch dummy stack can just telling you be um, uh, claimed to be an emplaced gun if you want to, uh, but then can a five eighth inch dummy stack claim to be a vehicle? I have never used a five eighth inch dummy stack. Only after I saw it at the tournaments. I was like, oh, you can just switch these to 5 8 inch. Yeah, so in the order of battle, if you, they give you eight dummy counters, <clears throat> you can do 5 8 inch. I feel like I have never even read the rule book. <laughs> well, I'm so glad we're going through these. Again, yeah. I had no idea. You could just swap them out for 5 8 inch. Yeah, so take two out, take in two 5 8 inch, stack them together, looks like a vehicle yeah. concealed behind. So then they don't know where the t- tank is. So your question is, can they act as a vehicle? And you just answered the question, yes. Yes. Okay. But it's treated like a half-inch dummy stack for concealment loss purposes. Now, before announcing... What about about movement? Yeah, I guess it can be. They can move like a... Yeah, start up one, turn two, three, four. Yeah. Or you can kind of make it act like an emplaced gun by not moving it. Yeah. Now, before announcing any mine attacks exposed by the movement of a stack topped by a concealment counter, so it's not saying dummy stack, the defender may force the attacker to momentarily reveal a non-dummy unit in the stack. Then it shows you got actual people there. Right. Okay, so then if you can't, so don't, as soon as he moves in there with a concealed stack, don't say, oh, that's my six, you know, firepower minefield make them show something first and then so um, like, uh, I, I, i'm sorry dave i have to ask you a question mm-hmm. let's go back to the five eighths inch counters as an emplaced gun i've got two concealment counters stacked together as a gun that i've put on the board and i've got another gun over here that's under concealment counter so there's a concealment counter a gun and a crew there Oh, yeah. How? Uh, I guess you'd have to put a concealment counter, a small one in there to look like a crew. Yeah. That's a good point. You could use one concealment counter to do that? Yeah, you can change the size of them however yeah. you want. Yeah, okay. Okay. That's, that's, uh, I, that, that's a good point. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. So now, um, if your guy that moves into your minefields cannot show that it's an actual stack or if the stack is friendly to the defender the dummy stack is removed when they move into the mines right so this yeah and then it even says then or the stack is friendly to the defender and i'm like who would move into their own mines but i guess that means if you move in your own mines you have to remove your own stack of dummies and i guess that means the enemy knows there are mines there then so how does that play out i'm wondering if you move oh, yeah. into your own mines then i guess you forgot they were there which is common for me yeah me but too. if you but if you forget they're there then how do you remember to make yourself reveal <laughs> but anyway that's the rule that's the rule <laughs> maybe like later the other guy goes into mine and he can go hey you moved your dummy stack right through there that's how about pull that dummy stack off the table then or show me what's in there? I don't know. 
Can dummy stacks, question Jeff, can dummy stacks be created only during the initial setup? Uh, yes. Correct. But what about OB designated concealment counters in the reinforcements part? They're not going to be. So when are they created? If they're listed yeah. down. So they're, uh, where there are dummy counters actually listed with the reinforcements? Yeah, it says like enter turn five. Yeah, well, they have to come in with those units. Yeah, set them up at the start of the entry turn. Are dummy stacks created by a bad educational system, or is it by genetics? Is that nature or nurture? Well, dummy I'm stacks. glad you asked that question, doctor. <laughs> is that enough of the dummy jokes? I Yeah, I think I'm a little uncomfortable with the word dummy. Okay. Okay. Well, if we could just change that in the rule book to something maybe intellectually challenged. Yeah. Multiple kids of teaching this now. Multiple concealed units can combine into a concealed stack, but you got to take off that top question mark from all the other counters, right? You can't. So if I have like a stack of three dummies and or a stack of two squads and a and a and a concealment counter and another two squads and a concealment counter. They go together. I don't leave both of those concealment counters on the top oh, of that stack. Right. Pull that off of there. Yeah. Only one. So question, may a concealed stack under a single concealment counter then split and move in two different stacks? Um, before we get to that, let's go back to that previous okay. one. <clears throat> So let's say you have two squads and a concealment counter and a dummy stack comes up and joins them. Um, no, the dummy stack. OK, I'm going to say you can't do that. Yeah, I, you, I guess maybe you just lose the one counter. You'd end up with. You cannot have more than one concealment counter with a stack of real things. OK. So never combine a dummy stack with a real stack. There has to be two real stacks. Mm. You know, I'm going to have to really pay attention. <laughs> well, you've never done I that. You have to. You've never taken a, a dummy stack and put it on top of a stack. I never have done it, but I can no. see it would come up. Yeah. Well, yeah, unless you said in the rules you can't do it. You can only have the one on top. So can is then when you do that, you separate. Because the answer to that is yes. You can separate yeah. the two squads and you just tell your opponent to look away and then you cover up the the new one with a new question mark. Yes. And start moving them different directions. Yes. May an unpossessed support weapon retain a concealment counter? No. No, you're correct. If you drop your gun going into ambush, then you lose the concealment on it. Yeah. Teaching moment, rule 12.12, .12. placement. Well, do you remember how you would place your concealments? Do you remember kind of how that goes at the beginning of the game? In who, what respect? Who sets up the, fir the placement of concealments first? Oh, well, the person setting up on board. And then out of vision of your opponent. Right. And then after he sets up, he can put question marks onto the board, but only the ones that he is given in the OB. 
Right. Yeah. And then, and that can only be in terrain listed in red. That's your concealment terrain. Right. And then after that, right, then I set up in the same manner. Each unconcealed unit then of both sides, which is out of line aside of each other, can be covered up with uh, yes. all the concealment counters you need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, there's a distance thing here with 16 hexes of it. Yeah. Or greater than 17 hexes away from all the enemy, even in line of sight, may have a concealment counter not designated in the OB put on it. Okay. So, therefore, if one side begins the, with no forces on board, the other side will be able to place dummies or concealments on all of his non-dummy units. That's the best part, right? When the guy's coming on from off board, you cover up everything with a question mark. Yeah. So then, thereafter, okay, after that, may a concealment counter be placed on top of any non-concealed good order stack before it enters the map board for the first time. So you don't have any OB given question marks but you're going to enter for the first time in turn three or whatever. Can all those entering units be concealed? Yes. That is correct. Yeah. Try and remember to cover up everybody entering yeah. the board. Of course, you're moving. You usually lose it anyway, but. You know, I paused there for a second because I thought, well, of course I know this. Of course I know this. But why are you asking me the question? You're trying to trick me. I had to pause. <laughs> no. No, I just take yeah, the sentences and the those, rules. Yeah, I know how to do. I, I know how to do that. Make make come into questions during play. An infantry unit can gain concealment only if it is non-concealed already. And does it have does it have to then be in good order or bad order to then gain the concealment? It's to be in good order. That's correct. If it's in bad order, does it get an after-school detention? Uh, sometimes corporal punishment. Yes. Yeah. And can it gain concealment at the, at the end of its own player turn or any player turn when you want to gain it? Yeah, it's got to be the player's turn. Your Correct. Own turn. Yes. Can a unit ever gain concealment while broken or berserk? No. That is correct. Why? Because they're broken or berserk. Only good order units can gain the, concealment. There because we. the unit is not in good order. So then there's this thing called the concealment loss gain table, which if we were on Zoom, I'd be able to put it up behind me now. Which is why I really want to try to zoom my computer, as you guys listening know, is sometimes garbled a little when we've been recording on Zoom on my computer. But um do you have the table handy? Do we want to look at it? How long have uh, we been going? Do we want to pick up here later? No, we could definitely look at it. Uh, let's see. Because it's, I mean, we can't read the whole thing, do you? Okay. But I got it. So the specific situations that allow concealment gain or loss are given on this table. Okay. Let me share my screen. A12.121 concealment gain loss table. How do you read this thing, Jeff? Well, you have to, uh, yes, first refer to the upper left-hand corner and decide if your units, the units in question are hip. And then is it going to be lost? Yeah, that's for conceal is concealment lost or gained. 
it's under hip counter. So if if you're want to know if concealment is lost, like in that first one for infantry in concealment terrain, there are four cases where it is lost, A, B, C, and D, and you just refer to the A, B, C, or D down below. It's as simple as pie. It's as simple as pie. And some of the categories are non-applicable. So like in the same box, you have over there, the ABCD is line of sight from the nearest good order or unbroken enemy ground unit. Oh, the good order's in red, is, and that's the hip is lost is in red, and the ABCD is in red. Look, at, I never noticed that. I never did either. So you have to be good order, as we found out earlier. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, from, so you have to be good order to gain to or to lose. Yeah, because you're in line of sight of a good, good order. But if they're unbroken, so they could be in a melee, they could still deny you from gaining, which you can't do anyway if you're infantry in concealment terrain less than or equal to 16 hexes in line of sight of a good order or a broken enemy ground unit. No gaining. Right. Not in concealment terrain. Can't either. And then the cases are listed as I. Most of these are A, B, C, D, well, in place guns have a G and an F. And then down below, you read the case number. So handy dandy um, chart you're going to want to use. And you're not going to uh, want to have to write all this up into the rules section. Also has the concealment dial modifiers for gaining it and searching on the bottom. Anything else we need to know about that chart? No, it's one of those things where you're going to have to look at the chart, take it with you on vacation. Look at it and read it. There's yeah. no reason not to. All right, then that covers rule 12.12. 12. Uh, the concealment die roll. There are two instances when a die roll must be made to determine if concealment can be gained. These are the unit that's within 16 hexes of an unbroken ground unit, not in concealment terrain out of the line of sight of all unbroken ground units or an infantry unit that's beyond the 16 hexes that we saw on that chart. 17 or more hexes away kind of changes that up. And you roll a die to gain it. And there's some modifiers to that on a chart. Uh, the unit size modifies it. The leadership modifies it if you're lax. Uh, the TEM hindrance diro modifier of a location occupied, and if you're stealthy. And then I think I'm going to finish up by reading this little section. It's an example that's given on the rule 12.122. So, for example, at the end of a player turn, a Russian squad, half squad, and hero, and an 8 neg 1 leader Occupy an open ground location out of the line of sight of all unbroken German ground units, but they're still within 16 hexes of one. Case K of this concealment table would apply. So on an original die roll of four, the squad would fail to gain concealment because you're trying to roll your unit size number. So in their example, the four is the die roll plus the three for the unit size number 
minus one for leadership does not equal five or less. You need to gain it on a five or less. Now, on an original die roll of five, the half squad would fail to gain concealment because five is the die roll plus two for the unit size. So the half squads have a unit size of two. The full squads have a three. It's the number of people depicted on the counter. That right. makes it nice and easy. I love that. For once. Yep. And then minus your leadership. So as as would the leader, if he rolls a five on his die roll, plus one, because he's got one silhouette on his counter, does not equal five. And he can't use his own leadership modifier on himself to gain concealment. So since the leader can never modify his own die roll. Yeah. The hero gains concealment automatically, even on a die roll of six. How is that? Well, a die roll of six with plus one for his unit size number, yep. one silhouette, and minus one for the leader, and a hero is stealthy. Okay, so the leader does modify his own hero. The heroes. The hero does. Yeah. The, the leader's leader. modifying the hero. Yeah. Okay. There's oh, a, a leader and a hero in the stack. Stack together, okay. Yeah. So the yeah. leader's modifying the hero, and the hero's always stealthy, an extra neg one. So that's how it always happens. Now, if the same example were to occur in an open ground hex with a dispersed smoke counter, the highest original die roll gaining concealment in each case would be increased by two. Let's go back just for a this second. So uh, a leader, a hero, and a squad. A walk into a bar. No. A hero, a leader, and a squad trying to gain concealment would be three die rolls. Each one has to roll separately, yes. One roll separately. To I gain. Know. Yeah, I do that so rarely. I forgot that. Yeah, Dave. Usually it's just one at a time. Timon and I try and uh, remind each other, oh, concealment gain, concealment yeah. gain. Yeah. Because in my early days, I didn't want to mess around with concealment gain. Yeah. So. But it can be very effective, obviously. So. Yes, now we do it as a pretty much matter, of course. Yeah. So this will pick up with rule 12.14 when we return next week, next month, next week, two weeks. Two weeks. Sounds like a plan. Super. And I think this could be an hour show anyway. Let's take a break thing and do an outro okay. in case I have to insert a little something. Okay. Um. Well, that's great. That wraps up episode uh, 295, I think this is, Dave. Is that right? This is 295. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Where did the time go? I don't know. Yeah, 294 was Rex Martin. Yeah. Wonderful. So, all right, folks. Well, thanks, thanks for listening. listening. Yeah. Remember to join us again next time for another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. Yep. Remember thanks. to roll... Yeah. Low and rally yeah. well, but not when, not when you're playing us. Okay. By the time we get to episode 300, we're going to have that very smooth. Well, it's easier when we're live in person. It is. We got to get back into that. It's time. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Next show. How about next show? Yeah. Okay. Then I can't do my fancy backgrounds. Oh, that's true. Yeah, there are advantages to doing the videos. In that way. And if we have a guess, but yeah, yeah. no, let's, we gotta try. We'll All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.